This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is your host, Chris Liss, and I'm talking to my co-host of Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, dude? What's so funny? What are you laughing at? Sounded like you forgot your name there. You kind of I, know, I was gonna. I was gonna say this is the week one handicapping, you know, super contest right. version. Then I realized I should probably introduce us. That's all. Gotcha. What's going I'm on, man? That, you ready to finally talk some? The, the football is finally starting. Are you, are you fired up or what? Yeah, I'm fired up. I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's a fucking horrible thing. You know what it is. You know what it's like, man. You know when that games are actually going on, it's fucking horrible. You're watching. You're like, fuck. No way, my guy got hurt in the second quarter. This is horrible. Or uh, Survivor, I'm on the ropes. I'm sweating this now, and it's miserable. It's just about how much misery you can avoid. It's not about any like you know elation. This is how much misery can I avoid? There's so, like fleeting moments of elation. You know what I mean? Like there's that there's those times where like you, one of your guys pans out big, one of your sleepers, and he's crushing, and you're like, oh, I got that guy in four leagues, and you're extremely excited. But it's that's the exception, right? The rule is. You're mostly anxious and angry and hoping and just mostly disappointed. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have so many leagues and so much gambling. It's just so many things can go wrong. I mean, last year I know you did the same thing, but we had a survivor went went up and smoked what we it was Thursday night, the, the Patriots we both was, had. You can write a column, you know, you go on record. So uh, that wasn't great. Horrible. I mean it's I feel like maybe I it's fucking a good, stayed up till like, four in the morning for that shit too. It was truly miserable. So in a way, it's like, hey, it can't get worse than last year, right? So, so there's well, that. Well, this. So consecutive games, the Super Bowl of 2016 season, or 2017 season, no, right. 2016 season in 2017 was the Patriots-Falcons, which I bet a lot of money on. And I had some odds bets, like the Falcons minus seven and a half or whatever, for right. like four to one or three to, you know, I was going to win like a lot of money. And I stayed up to four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning in Barcelona in a hotel room watching it with headphones while my family slept. And you imagine that. Like, I was so psyched to win this money. It was all going my way. Yeah, I had, I had Brady for MVP that, that game. 28-3 to 3 late in the third quarter. Right. I'm well aware. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I am set. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm going to win this money. Yeah. And so consecutive games was that. And then the first game of the next season when I wrote up a survivor column using the Patriots. Those are two back-to-back games. So, right. Right. you know, it's not going to get worse than that. But, of course, I'm looking forward to, like – my guys, I still have one one key uh, draft left. We can talk about that in a minute, but I don't want this podcast to be like hours long either. Yeah, I know you were on you were on the Super Bowl this year, though. At least, right? You were on the Eagles, right? Uh, no, I was on the Patriots. Oh, so was I. Okay, well, let's stop this now. Let's. Do, I do want to talk Survivor with you later, but um, just real quick, I want your, your I mean, uh, your Le'Veon Bell opinion. I know that everyone's gonna, you know, it's a, we we do a different format here, but I have to ask your opinion. Where in the hell would you draft him now? I mean, it's it's very. It's odd, I think, man. I didn't expect this at all. I did not expect this to be. Well, no shit. I got him for forty nine in the Stopa auction. So, I'm, and I have bets with you and Stopa for like two hundred bucks each. Yeah. So, I'm not happy about this. Um, I just offered him to Payne. I offered him to Genstad for Kareem Hunt, and I offered him to Payne, and I threw an Edelman for Devonte Parker and Saquon Barkley. And in both email, you know, both messages, I wrote, "Real man, snap calls this." So far, no real men among those two because I haven't gotten that uh, right. acceptance. I haven't got a rejection yet. I haven't gotten acceptance. Anyway, what, you know, we talked about this at length on the radio show. And basically, my feeling at first was, okay, his agent made a cryptic – not that cryptic comment basically implying, well, the Steelers are going to work him to death, which they did last year, saying, what would you do if you had like a franchise back who you know you're not going to deal with after this year and you have Super Bowl aspirations? You're going to work him to death, which obviously they did and they would. I think he was implying that, you know, Le'Veon Bell doesn't want to be a broken man heading into free agency and not worth much. So, well, what does that mean, right? That means, well, is he going to hold out half the season? Are the Steelers – I don't think the Steelers 
are going to take him back if he holds out half a season. Maybe they would because they want to win, but they might not because, A, they would have made, found a replacement at that point, and, B, it's just a precedent that I don't think the Steelers want to set. I think they don't want to be the team that caved, and now anybody who gets the franchise tag, which was collectively bargained for stupidly by the players, can just you know use leverage to you know, threaten to hold out half a season and still get paid for half a season and still, you know, not be a pariah. I think there's a little bit of Kaepernick in this in the sense that not as crazy, but that if he really does hold them hostage, which I think he should, I don't think it's good for him, but I think like it's, it's not wrong on his part to feel this way. But if he holds them hostage, are they not going to be able to cave? Because if they cave, then they're basically sending a message to other players like, yeah, this is what you got to do and to get the long-term deal. And so in the long run, a guy who sat out half a season or a whole season and then teams realize this guy's a hardball player, he's, he's not going to suck it up for the team, uh, even though, as I said, it's ridiculous to think that the team gives a shit about you, that might be a guy that becomes a pariah like Kaepernick. You know, like Kaepernick obviously is the top 30 QB in the world or 40 QB, should be, have a job, but there's no way they're going to sign him even if it would help them because then you're the one who's saying – Oh, I signed the guy who protested and it sends the message. Okay, now you can protest. Again, I'm pro-protest. I'm pro-people getting what they believe they're worth. But from the NFL's perspective, that's a big negative. So I think there's really two choices. If he shows up Saturday, if he shows up the last second, he doesn't lose a single game check. He gets to cash that full $16 million, And he at least didn't work an, one extra day that he had to. For the you know for this bullshit thing where you know you're not going to get a long term deal, so I, I think there's a real possibility that it just shows up Saturday and just says, yeah, I wasn't under contract, I wasn't obliged to come in, and since the NFL gave me no good options, why should I work one more day than I have to? I think there's like a fifty sixty percent chance that's how it goes down. If he misses week one, all bets are off. I mean, all it takes right. is one good game from James Conner, and maybe the Steelers are like, eh, all right, well, we'd like to have you, but. Not under these circumstances. The owners obviously would be pumped if he returns regardless. But do you think there's any concern of him, like like his agent was kind of hinting, that they want a lessened workload? Because, I mean, it makes sense. You know, if you're in a contract year. No way. No, I, I, don't think that can, I don't think it can work. I, I think Bell can yeah. legitimately show up Saturday night or whenever he signed the deal and say, yeah, I don't work for you. I mean, you have my rights in the event that I play in the NFL this year. I, this is my only choice. But I don't right. work for you. So I don't need to show up. You can't tell me to show up. I'm not under contract yet. But once he does sign that contract, I just don't think they're going to allow the precedent for the players to be regulating their own workloads. I just think that that's a bridge too far because you know, you're going to get in a situation where everyone's like, whoa, 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 I want this. No, 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 I have to play in this position. No, I won't play. You know, that's, that's toxic. Uh, it's not Bell's fault. He, he should be concerned about his future because the Steelers aren't. And basically, w- this is what happens w- when teams push things too far. When you take full advantage, you think, see things in baseball like Vlad Guerrero not getting called up all year despite being one of the 20 best hitters in the world probably. When teams push it that far, then basically they invite blowback and say, why should I respect your organization? Your organization doesn't care about me. And so that's what's happening. And it's, a, it's an interesting situation. I just wish that I hadn't <laughs> gotten Bell in the Stopa League because I would find this totally amusing if I didn't have any shares. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, in my home league, my uh, second pick overall obviously was Bell. Then I came back in a 14-team league with Jarek McKinnon in round two. So my home nice. league is off to a fantastic start on, How on much, that What's one. the buy-in on that? Uh, 100 bucks. Oh. But it's a, I mean, it's a league I've been in the longest You know, with my buddies from high school. So, I mean, you know, it's, still, it's actually one that I care more about than, than leagues with bigger entries. So uh, whatever, it just gives these, these scrubs uh, a fighting chance. But it is interesting that his teammates, Bell's um, off offensive line, men have come out and kind of talked talked against him. So I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. Fuck I'm those guys. Fuck those out. guys. Those guys, but, I mean, come on. Fuck those offensive linemen. Seriously? I mean, you're going to talk shit? About, I mean, come on. Seriously? You're going to stand up? You're going to you're gonna kiss up to the man at the expense of your guy? Your fellow, your brother man who is like in the trenches with you, risking concussions and worse? You're going to stay, you're going to, I mean, come on. He's That's like fucking embarrassing. For him, and they make a twentieth of the amount of money, and like you know, it's going to affect them actually winning, and losing. You know, in a couple of days. Like I, I hear you though. I, I understand what you're no, saying. No, fuck that. But, you don't. You, don't, you don't do that. They're not ownership. 
In fact, I, I, we floated this. I, talk, I talk, talked about this with Jeff. I'm not going to go too deep into this, but really with, with software the way it is, I mean, the players can start their own league. I mean, at some point in the next 10, 15 years, you just hire a couple nutless monkey GMs to do some. I mean, what is being an owner? What are these franchises really? They're just the players. It's just a schedule. Do an AI, you know, you, you get a, a computer software to do the schedule, to book the arenas. I mean, obviously the TV deals are the whole thing. And obviously the people who built the NFL in the 30s and 40s and 50s, you know, negotiated stuff when there was nothing there. They created the league out of nothing. But now that it's here and these are third generation, second generation, crazy people like Mark Davis running the shit, they don't create shit. They're not offering any value. You know, their fathers built the league, but these guys are just sitting there. What, what's there to nothing, do? No value whatsoever. Nothing. No, I, right. They, I'm no, sure. Nobody cares which owner, who sells to whom, or there's no value created by the management. Oh, which stadium yeah. is, is the venue that they hosted? And it's fucking just build a stadium. I mean, they've actually been stealing from taxpayers and making them build the stadiums, actually, which is even worse. The, the owners are negative. So to right. me, it's like it's, it's really not that far fetched for some startup to say, listen, I can, I can run a league. So a bunch of 20 something guys, instead of starting Facebook saying, Hey, well, I'll start football league X and we have all the software and we have all the templates to negotiate contracts. All we need is to get enough players to sign on. We'll start a parallel league and the NFL would go crazy trying to destroy it and all that. But I mean, come on, the amount of brain power it takes to build the template for the NFL is nothing. I mean, the players could hire a bunch of guys to, right. to well, run it's it. For yeah, yeah. So fuck, yeah. fuck the owner. I mean, the fact that those linemen are like so short-sighted, amazingly short-sighted. Um, so I was in a Rotowire online championship yesterday afternoon, and I had the third pick, and I was worried, you know, figuring he was going to fall to me, and he didn't. He went second, so I got David Johnson. But now today, after it being Wednesday, he he's going to go like the second rounds, right? I think late first. I, I've got the seventh pick in my big fifteen hundred fifty or whatever six hundred dollar classic fourteen team league. I bet he falls you for sure. Oh, he'll fall to me. I mean, we'll see what happens. It's Friday, so a lot could happen before then. But assuming it's just like this and we don't know anything, I mean, I'm taking Kareem Hunt, Fournette, whatever. I'm taking, you know, whatever bell cow back is there. If, yeah. I, if he came back to me in the second round, I would take him because I'd just be like, fuck it. You know, if I can get Fournette and, and Bell, uh, then I'm going to have to do that. But I, I, think, I think the reason why you should take Bell late first or even and definitely in the second is that it's really against his interests to miss more than one game, say. It's really I, – I could see theoretically that he could sit out 10 games and come back for the playoffs and stuff, but I just don't think he's going to make more money doing that. He'll be fresher, and if he's amazing in those games, maybe he will. But I don't know that the Steelers welcome him back just as a matter of precedent. I mean, you think Kaepernick, he's just kneeling. It's no big fucking deal. And now he's totally blackballed. You know, when you threaten the NFL's sort of – um, power and money and symbolism that they that they want it's not a minor thing and so that's why i say like it's getting to the point where they're blackballing players they're they have these rules where they can franchise a guy i mean the Steelers should have been forced to either long term or let him go let him go in the free agent market but this bullshit franchise thing it's it's a bullshit rule oh, they should have well, been yeah. put they should have been put to the test and sure, certainly the players agreed to that but bell didn't agree to that it was just some idiots oh. you know misrepresenting a lot of players so Anyway, that's, I think we're going to have some bigger changes coming. Yeah, no, the setup is a total, totally needs changing. Uh, I want to ask you about Alfred Morris uh, and, and how in on you were you in Fab and like Stopa. I think you went pretty I went big. To 100. I went to 100. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I went all my Fab on Cutler last year because I lost <laughs> Andrew Luck. So I needed a second QB and a QB flex. And you know, Cutler kind of sucked, but he, at least he was there for me as a, as a QB flex. <laughs> and it was fine. I got McKinnon at one point and he was playing a lot. I got. Andre Ellington for the two games. He had like 24 catches. I picked up useful players along the way. It's a 14-team league. There's not going to be a lot of unowned stars that bust out. In my NFBC league, I know it's a deep bench, but Connor was owned in both leagues, and Morris was owned in one. You know, just the early one, Morris wasn't owned in. And uh, so everybody's, you know, I don't know. I, I think if you can get somebody who's a useful guy, who fits into a good system, just get him. Don't worry about the cost. Yeah, it's too bad. You know, PPR obviously hurts him at NFFC. But um, I, yeah, I uh, in the Scott Fish Bowl, I uh, had McKinnon, and I'm I went 100 too. So I used my 100 percent of my Fab to to, to get him. And as long fun. as there's first come first serve at some point, it's fine. If you're like in the NFFC and use a thousand and you're out of money, you're fucked. You can't yeah, make no moves. Zero. Right. You That's need very defenses, true. kickers. You need to move things around. But if if there's free pickups, yeah, you know, it's it's not that big a deal. 
Yep. All right. Totally agree. Um, all right. So what do you want to talk to uh, before we get to the lines, obviously, which is exciting. Do you want to talk about uh, this Team Huevos auction, which uh, I know you keep praising my team. I dominated you. Your or, uh, or your bold predictions. Or oh. your bold predictions. Which one, for, which one first? Your, your, your first, team first Team Huevos. First Team Huevos. It's a QB flex league. This is the most – I mean honestly, I I just feel bad for you. I do because it's – this is the – I mean it's the ironically named Team Huevos League. I mean I go out and get Saquon Barkley at 54. I just go out and pay that. I pay the price. First off, I got Trevor Ray investing in this team. And that dude, I just flushed $125 of his down the toilet. But it doesn't matter because it's – I don't care. It's his money. But secondly, I didn't promise I'd give him a good team. But secondly, oh, it makes more sense now, your team. You, do, you were just trolling Trevor Ray. I get it now. Of course. But yeah, cause this, your team's horrible. I get, was, I, I get it now. It was $125 well spent, and I'll tell you why, okay. for this very reason. Jimmy Garoppolo, who you've been – you're like in love with. You praise him every day. You rank him in the top six. It's a QB flex league. Okay, so it's like QBs are gold. And I got him for 23 bucks, and you were at 22 I went to 23 The fact that you did not say 24 I honestly like if I were you, I wouldn't have even shown up for this podcast. I mean, I would just I wouldn't be able to speak to another human looking at another I wouldn't even be able to live with myself. Have you slept since that auction? Uh barely, barely. A couple things. Um I mean oh, seriously, man, what, what happened to you? Everyone always talks about timing in auctions, and one other way of looking at timing is like Brady went right before him at like twenty-four, and I was like, Man, he's gonna go the same 25. price or something. And and I just admit that was a mistake, especially in hindsight, and you're gonna and you're gonna go nuts about Burkhead at twenty two. Uh oh, twenty twenty Zero two zero, I should say. But hold on, I am in fifteen leagues. I looked at this before, and I have Garoppolo in eight of them. I led my NFC prediction piece on Yahoo with a picture of the handsome perfect ten Jimmy G. I predicted them to win the NFC West over the Rams. You think those people on Twitter were nice to me when I did that? No, no, no. That's a real dude, man going dude, for record, dude, leading the call with the picture. Don't defend the indefensible. Don't defend the indefensible. Listen, this team is fine. I wanted to go a different you sound route. Like o- you know what you sound like? You sound like OJ when he was talking about finding the real killers right now. That's how bad you sound. That's the level of credibility you have. Golfer. He was convinced the guy was a golfer. All right? So he kept searching the courses. He was convinced <laughs> the guy was – That is you, – you are better off defending that than not saying 24 on Garoppolo. I, I mean, absolutely that, should have. No question. No, I mean, no. And, and what look kind in of, What yeah. kind of human being behaves like that? It was yeah no I I regret it absolutely oh my god I I would seriously go back in time and stop your parents from meeting if I were you I would do whatever it took you know no, you need to yeah. do something drastic I think it, yeah. I think it's that, at that point for you believe me I have enough invested in Jimmy G and my team just absolutely oh. destroyed the team in this in this league but I, I I will fully admit I should have won this is how real man my auction was I bid twenty on Carson Wentz who's injured even though I had two QBs and I only had fifty five dollars left just to screw up Jeff who bought Nick Foles for three, and I knew what he was trying to do. And I just said, you know what, I'll go 20 on Foles. And then I got stuck with him, and it destroyed the rest of my auction, and Trevor raised 125 well, bucks. People like me, too, because I ended up horrible. Uh, my QB flex is Flacco uh, Lamar oh. Jackson. Flacco Lamar Jackson. Right. But otherwise, RG, and when RG3 is going to be the starter there in two weeks. Yeah, that, right, that'd be funny. I really spread the wealth here in a 14-team league with three wide receivers and three flexes. I mean, that's that's crazy deep. I just wanted to try it different. But normally I'm with you going after those big running backs, so we'll see. But we got a wager on this, especially after all the shit talking right. I've heard you doing all behind right. my back. I don't think my team is good. I just think that you're the biggest. Oh, it's terrible. I looked at your team after I heard you talking yang about mine, and it, I was just laughing. Right. Let's you're, do 50 on this league. All right. Okay. Fine. 50. Okay. I don't believe right. in the team, but okay. I don't care. It's just karma. There's no way you're doing well in this league. Yeah, I know. I, I your team your team wasn't spread the wealth; it was spread the poverty. So yeah, you've heard of punting things like saves. I punted talent here, but yeah. especially I know Jimmy G. It's bad. You're right. Karmically, I should uh, I should lose. I want to hear your take on how bad uh, the Burkhead buy was. Oh, uh, horrendous! I mean, dude, what? I don't understand. I honestly don't understand it. Like, I don't understand. I I know not, you don't. But, uh, I I truly don't understand what the Burkhead thing is. Burkhead had like 300 snaps last year. A hundred of them were on special teams. He's never had a hundred carries in his career. He had a knee injury this preseason. He's 27. He's a journeyman. They drafted a running back in the first round. It's fucking Occam's razor, man. They took a running back in the first round. That's who they intend to start when your team 
aiming to win the Super Bowl. You don't waste a first-round pick on a guy who you don't think is going to play. That's their guy. They were the obviously not content. They were obviously not content with the running backs they had. Otherwise, they wouldn't have drafted a guy in the first round. Moreover, they have a guy who sucks up most of the pass-catching duties. They have a designated theoretic type in James White. So that ceiling is totally gone on that front. And then finally, they have Jeremy Hill, just in case, to be the hammer at the goal line. So, I mean, this team is just set up that like Burkhead is an afterthought. I mean, Burkhead, if, if I don't know if there's like special teams tackles count in this league or something, but I don't understand why you would spend, I, I would spend like three or four bucks on him. Maximum, maximum. The last time Belichick spent a first round pick on a running back, that player got, Lawrence did not, Maroney? Did not lead his team in carries and he stayed healthy that year. So Lawrence Maroney? Like, yeah. He didn't lead his team in yeah, carries Maroney, that year. Maroney got hurt a lot. That was the thing. I mean, if but Maroney I mean, he played, I mean, yeah, he yeah. played banged up, but yeah. so, I'm just I mean, saying I don't think he cares that much about pedigree. But maybe you're right. You have me halfway convinced that it was the worst pick ever, but I, I wasn't. What, what are you I, doing? I mean, I mean, you know, even if you like him, you stop at nine. Nine is the threshold. It's like, it, look, even if, even if Sony Michelle okay. were out for the year and Jeremy Hill were out for the year, even if two guys were out for the year, let's just say, forget about Jeremy Hill, let's say Sony Michelle and James White were both out for the year, which they're not. What would Burke? We would not be sure that Burkehead would still would be even a running back too. He might be in that case. I mean, he would certainly be worthy of you know paying eighteen twenty bucks in that case. But we wouldn't even know what kind of workload he would get. He'd probably share carries with Jeremy Hill. I get what you're and saying they'd probably because I'm not find like a designated pure pass catcher too to go along with him. I mean, even if those guys got hurt, we wouldn't be able to trust him. I, I just think it is so insane. If Burkhead has a monster year and he's like a top fifteen running back, I will be floored. I will be I absolutely agree, floored. I, I agree with what you're saying in the sense that those guys got injured that I wouldn't be like running him way up my rankings because I don't think he could handle 250 plus touches. But I guess my argument to you is I'm more confident with everyone staying healthy in him reaching 220 touches. I guess that would be my argument. 220 touches. I mean, why? 200, whatever. 200 in that, in that office. I mean, okay, I, I see like 35 catches Man, and 80 carries and 80 the- carries. They're going to have to throw. I could see him catching 50, 60. Why can't he? And even because James White is there. Almost no team has two 60 catch backs. It like almost never happens. Almost none. I know, but look at their situation right now. What if Gronk gets hurt? All they're going to have Hogan. He's not going to stay for 16 games. And I like Hogan, but man, the weapons there. uh, All right. To to act like Rex Burkhead is the solution to their passing situation. They'll have to pick up, you know, they'll have to let Dorsett do more or somebody else or. Throw a screen to Corderell Patterson. I don't know what they're going to do, but the fact that Rex Burkhead, once the other team knows it's coming and it's not like a weird trick play where he gets like put out in space when people think he's lying. I mean, that's that's not a serious dude. That's not a serious second receiver. Most yard, second most yards per out run among all running backs last year. Only Kamara. Dude, he had 196 snaps. Kamara had like 700 snaps. You cannot – that's right. like saying, oh, well, you know – Brian Quick or somebody, you know, in 2012 had 13 yards per target. That's as much as Jordy Nelson is peaker. Yeah, I'm like I also targets, think you know? I think there's a better chance of him being the goal line guy there too, which is just huge in there's the Patriots. There's three system. candidates for that, man. There's three candidates. Why would they use it? They could use him for some of the time, but Hill is, Hill is a goal line guy and Michelle is. He's been good in the opportunities, but okay, you're right. And the guy How many opportunities does Rex Burkett have that you know he's a good goal linebacker? He's hurt now, and he probably will get hurt. So I'm done defending uh, Burkett. Fine. He'll, he's probably going to be a broken man and be, be injured. But I can injured see the upside. I, need. I can't start. I can see the upside more than you, but I, he, he'll – whatever. He'll probably be no a broken man. No floor and no ceiling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, well. What do you think of me going big on Cooper with his hor- uh, bad, cor- tough cornerback, you know, matchups? I like Cooper. Yeah. I-, I like him. I just kind of wanted to go and and Hilton too. I mean, I know that. I have a question. What do you think of like uh, Lux A dot being just so like half his career mark in the preseason? Is again, we talked about preseason snaps last year, but obviously there's concern over Lux. Uh, Shoulder, but it could just be the sample so small. Maybe he dumped it off to a running back three times, and that just skewed it that much, you know. So, what, any thoughts at all on Lux? No, nah, I, I, I think this is along the line of, oh, Christian McCaffrey's p- playing with the first team. Let's read into this. I think Frank Wright might be calling like a shorter passing game and like doing some different things. A lot of the more forward-thinking coordinators just get out of the QB's hands quickly. Luck's taking a lot of sacks, so that could be part of it. You know, I was talking to Jeff about this on the radio show. He's like, how do you know Luck is back? What if he's lost his fastball or something? And I'm thinking, when a pitcher is throwing 96 and he ends up throwing 93, 
he might be toast or 93 to 91. But a QB, it's not like that, right? I mean, if you're throwing 96 and you're throwing 91 instead, so you time it a little differently. It's not like arm strength unless you get below that threshold, like the, the Chad threshold. Pennington you know, thing where you just literally it's can't make the Chad Pennington yeah, threshold. You get down to football. Chad Pennington, you got a weak arm and your shoulder gets hurt twice, and you just literally can't throw that deep out. You just don't have the mustard to do it. Okay, that's a problem. But, you know, luck was well over that threshold. And so, you know, even if, and I'm not saying we have any evidence that he has lost any snap in the arm, but if he had lost a little bit, it's not really that big a deal. You just, you just learn to work with it. It's not, you just time it a little differently. So I'm not really that worried about it. Yeah, and I just brought it up. This, uh, we'll move on to, because I bought T.Y. Hilton in this league as well. I, I and like I, T.Y. Hilton. I, and I I'm like moving the rankings the more I think about it. Just, I just, the league, what, two years ago, whatever, three, whatever, was it two or three years they led the league in, uh, receiving yardage and they had more weapons then like he may just get crazy target share you know the setup there for him but um all right i think we should go to the lines i will talk about i mean everyone should go read your your bold predictions unless you want to go every over every one i will say i like that uh i led my afc column with with fournette and used the same uh, game speed thing and then you, you led with with fournette so we're in on fournette and we're in on the jags and i i oh we both predict top three i use the same prediction too oh, you so you probably, okay you i think you just read mine and and, and want to be me. I don't, I don't read your stuff. Don't read. I, I, yeah, I know. Anyway, I, uh, I, I'm just giving our time. You, uh, you should, everyone should read. I do, uh, I do read your stuff once in a while. I'm not, I, I won't lie, just for the joke of it. I do actually. Yeah, I just want to talk about your bold predictions. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, you want to go over them real quickly, or I mean, or, you want to jump through a few? I mean, uh, let's just. Uh, why don't we do it this way? Why don't we? We'll do it really quickly. You tell me, legitimate, ridiculous. Or too easy. So those are the three categories. So like legitimate okay. means good. It's, it hits the balance yeah. between bold and yet you know plausible. Obviously they're not like likely, but they're all, but plausible. And okay. then if it's too obvious, then that's a fail because I went too you know nutless monkey. Or if it's too real man, that I it's just ridiculous that I'm making this prediction. How about that? All so right. so real man is is bad for one reason. Nutless monkey is bad for the other. But if I get in between them, the uprights, then it's you give me a. a, a a check mark for that, all right? You ready? Okay. Okay, number one, Leonard Fournette will be a top three non-PPR back. Through the yeah, efforts. Legit. Okay. legit. Like I said, I said the same thing. Christian McCaffrey will get fewer than 200 carries. Legit. Totally agree. Okay. Rex Burkhead will not be a top 40 running back. Well, I mean, it is bold, but it's nutless monkey for the reasons we just argued about. No, I mean. you can't say that. That's the op- you just contradicted yourself. Okay, so you're it's saying either, it's, either, it's either bold enough that it's not yeah, the, obvious, uh, and yet it's yeah, not so ridiculous that it's, it's too real, man. Um, I mean, that's bold enough, sure. Okay. Bold Tariq Cohen will be a top 20 PPR running back. Yeah, because I, last week's pod, I said he's 5'9". He's 5'6". So, yeah, 5'6", yeah, real. I'm going to say real man. Okay. Oh, too far. I took it too far. He was like 22 last. Yeah, 20, yeah. It can't be. That's not real, man. Yeah. How about this one? This one's a real Well, number. yeah, as Payne noted in the comments, though, it is weird how you skew things, though. You know, like you're, some seem crazy with, like, Landry being top 10, and he was last year. But based yeah, but on eight, ADP, ADP those are right, like, right. It's not about last year. It's about ADP. All right. The Giants will make the playoffs. NFC's I mean, tough. That's, yeah, that's crazy. That's real, man. That's sorry. Real I'm getting man. this better now. Okay, sorry. Right. I got this. this real is, that's real. That's real, man. Yeah. Jameis Winston will be top 10 QB on per-game basis when he returns. Nutless monkey. I mean, eight point seven five p as you said. Yeah, okay, I mean, no. yeah. Jarvis Landry would be a top ten PPR wideout. I mean, that's that's fairly legit. That's okay. that's in the that's middle. Legit. Okay. Yeah. Baker Mayfield will be top fifteen QB for the games he starts. Minimum five starts. Legit. I was in a dynasty league last night. Made a priority of getting him. I'm totally buying it, and that's bold enough. Yeah, okay. but I'm buying. It. Yeah. Adrian Peterson will score ten TDs. It's legit because I want to, you know, trash him and say no. But then the last couple drafts I've been in, it's not like people have been buying. And like I see the setup, like he was actually, you know, worth using before he went down again last year. So that's fine. That's that's legit. One of the following teams make the playoffs: Jets, Dolphins, Bills, Browns, Raiders, Cardinals, Bears, or Bucks. It's legit because, as you point out, last year you said this with the Bills, and at the time that was completely absurd. Okay. okay. T. Y. Hilton will be top three in receiving yards. Yeah, Nutless Monkey, he's definitely... Too obvious, okay. Juju Smith-Schuster will lead the Steelers in receiving TDs. I mean, it's legit. It's more, I mean, yeah. I think it's very, very easily could happen. Okay. Matthew Stafford will finish top three in passing yards. Um, just because the setup, I don't think people are projecting a lot of volume. So I'm going to say that's legit. That's not Nutless Monkey. Okay. Legit. Tom Brady will not be a top five fantasy quarterback. Legit, because of age, though. It's, it's, still, uh, it's still going out in the limb, though. Legit. Okay. 
Robbie Anderson will be a top 15 non-PPR receiver on a per-game basis. It's almost nutless monkey. That's because I'm crazy about Robbie Anderson. That's legit. Des Bryant won't play a snap in the NFL this year or ever again. Well, if you count the ever again, I guess I'll give you a little bit more. But I'm going to say nutless monkey. No way. I mean, Steve Smith went on Inside the NFL, and even he said at this point teams have their playbooks and their their plans are set. Sorry, man, not even a chance. Even if you are in game shape, he said. So, okay. uh, And, yeah, why even in the rest of his career? Hey, what's he going to do next year? Oh, yeah. He next. must be done. Yeah, he's done. I agree. That's okay. nutless monkey. Nutless monkey. One of the following teams will miss the playoffs. Patriots, Vikings, Rams, Saints, or Eagles? It's legit, and uh, I, I picked the Rams in my aforementioned uh, Niners prediction. To miss the but playoffs entirely? Legit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I picked okay. the Niners to win that division, and, and I picked the Rams to fall out. Because, okay. I mean, I was debating the Falcons. I mean, you could see the Packers, you know, my team. So, yeah, I picked the Rams to miss the playoffs. So, okay. I'm going to say that's legit, though, right? I mean, that's pretty bold. I mean, they might have the best Those are roster. all really good teams. It might be dumb, another way of looking at it. But, right. anyway, that's legit. At least one running back scores 20 times this year. Yeah, le- legit, legit. That's okay. a good game. Yeah. This one, Alshon Jeffrey is a top 15 non-PPR receiver on a per-game basis once he returns from his injury. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't want to give you all legit. You haven't done too many real man. But that makes sense because he was pretty decent last year with the touchdowns and he was playing with a torn labrum all year. So now he should be the number one guy. So, right. But at the same time, it's kind of a – so okay. it's solid. These are all pretty good. I love your next one. Okay, some of these predictions will be wrong. Yeah, that's that's the, what what is that? That's the uh, that's definitely legit. Is what that is. <laughs> that one would be nutless monkey, but I'll tell you, that's the only one that's going to be wrong. One of these years. <laughs> that's gonna yeah, that'd be yeah right. Well, you wish. Yeah. All right, all right, Liz. So we joined Super Contest and we named our team. Uh, I, I told our proxy nutless monkeys, but I think it came back nutless monkey. But um, are you ready? You excited? Let's uh, do I mean, it. Yeah. Let's one, go through these. Every year I say week one is my favorite, um, and I just saying that they come the easiest to me. And once again, it was like that this year. Is that the same for you? Well, I did something different. I might start doing this. Is I looked at the slate. I told you a couple weeks ago, and I, I looked at the slate, and I first I just made my own lines, what I thought the line should be. Then I guessed what the line would be. Then I looked at what the line actually was. So I, I changed a couple of them, and because the lines moved, and I just changed my mind like two or three. But for the most part, I made these picks last week, and I did it mostly just on guessing and then seeing the disparity between what I, you know, what I thought it should be, what it, what I thought it would be, and then what it actually was. The lines really have moved over the last week, and mostly in the ways that, uh, you know, not well, there's signings and, tra- uh, and trades. I mean, you know, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, that stuff matters, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, I really liked Denver, you know, and now that's creeping to three instead of two and a half. That would have been huge. I and, love and Carolina Pitt- at two and a half, and now that's three well, also. Right, and Pittsburgh was like seven and a half for a long time, and now it's all the way down to four. So I should have been on those two weeks ago. Right. But anyway, let's start with the Thursday night game. What do you want to do? You want to say the games and the, and the line sure. we're Falcons using? Falcons uh, plus two now went down to two at Eagles. That's obviously because Wentz and Jeffrey are out. And uh, I really did not feel strongly about this. I took the Falcons just because, I don't know, I, I just, I feel like the Falcons were the closest team to beating the Eagles. Their situation is the same. They got everybody back. And the Eagles are the ones that are dealing with some injuries. Obviously, party there, you know, not like they're still partying six months later, but just they won the Super Bowl. They, they're the one with the crazy offseason. The Falcons is like business as usual. I just think they're going to be ready. And I just think it's going to be a 50-50 game. So, I took the points. I, I like the Eagles here. I know the Patriots were different the year before, but usually the Super Bowl winning team handles their business on these Thursday night home openers almost always. I don't know why the spread's gone down to three. I guess Nick Foles looked really bad in the preseason, but this team still just dominates in the trenches. Best uh, fronts on both sides of the ball in football, so give me the home team. Defending Super Bowl champs, giving less than three, so we're different on that one. Okay, but I don't feel strongly, so I don't really care. Yeah, well, um, Steelers minus four at Browns. Who do you have on that? I like the Browns still, but I liked it a lot. I mean, I liked it more when it was six and a half, seven. But uh, still, home home team, they could easily win this game. I want no part of Pittsburgh and Survivor. I took the Steelers. Uh, I just think maybe the Browns are an up-and-coming team. Maybe Tyrod Taylor clicks with these receivers. Maybe he's good. I think Mayfield is the – by week six or seven, I think Mayfield will be in there. I don't know. I know the Steelers have struggled on the road too. I just think the Browns aren't ready yet. They may get better as the year goes on. I don't mind Cleveland as like a dirt-cheap DFS like defensive play too with – Ben on the road maybe shows up. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe I don't really care about the Le'Veon Bell situation too much, but I mean, that can't no. help. Well, it's, it's, there's a little chaos in the locker room maybe, which right. is a distraction. Yeah. No, I like Cleveland there. I actually like Cleveland and Philly kind of a, kind of a decent amount. I could have been talked into using them. In okay. Super we can, we can talk right. about it. I, took, I don't feel strong. Neither of those were among we, my five best. You will definitely agree on five for sure, but just I was just pointing that out. Okay. All right, next one. Niners plus six at the Vikings. I took the Vikings. I just think 
I, I had this line at seven, actually. I think the Niners are up, same thing as the Browns. Like, uh, you know, they're like a rich man's Browns. The, the Niners are up and coming. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. But the gap is still wide, and this is a game in Minnesota, so if they're even, it would be three, and I think that gap is bigger than four. I mean, the defensive disparity between those two teams is massive. And I think the Vikings actually probably, at least right now, should, should be considered to have the better offense, too. So I, I took the Vikings, laid the wood. I took the points, but I definitely wouldn't argue this one. Uh, 10 a.m. body clock game for the 49ers. Uh, they'll be without Reuben Foster, who's suspended. They were game planning for Jarek McKinnon to be a big part of their offense. So that's a big difference. And they, you know, I like Morris, but they have to run the ball when he comes in often. So, um, yeah, I, I could see giving the points here. But I'm a big believer in this Niners team, and six points is a lot. So I took the points. Okay. The next one is Bengals plus three at Colts. What do you like here? I love the Bengals. Uh, yeah, give, give me the points here. I, could, I think this should have been like a pick em. I have no idea who the Colts are. And yeah, maybe luck is all the way back. And even then, it's, it's not a very good football team at all. So uh, people have been, I've been kind of getting more and more into the Bengals. I only project them for like six wins, but they're really not a terrible football team, even if I'm down on Joe Mixon. So kind of like loading up on Bengals cheap uh, DFS stacks. So I uh, like Cincy here. Yeah, I, I made the game a pick em too when I, when I handicapped this myself. And Bengals are my best bet. I think if you okay. take away the QBs, these teams aren't even close. The Bengals' defense is much better. The Bengals' skill position players are better. Maybe the Colts' offensive line is a little bit better, but I just, I just think the disparity in QBs cannot come close to matching the disparity in the, team, the non-QB team. So it's my best bet. Let's definitely use this one. Yeah, sure. Okay, next one is Bills plus seven at Ravens. I took the Ravens. I remember I thought this was 13, and then I, then I made the line even though I knew it was – I guess at the time it was like six, and it went up to seven. But I, I made the line nine. That would be my line in this game. It's still only seven. Nathan Peterman in Baltimore, I think that's just a recipe for disaster. Flacco sucks, but they'll do some dink and dunk and some running, and they'll just they'll get enough, and I think there'll be some turnovers. So I'm laying the wood. Yeah, I don't read your, uh, your beating the book until after we do this because I just like to, to go in fresh. Uh, and I'm with you here on the Ravens, but I knew you were going to be on them because you, you thought the line was 13. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a yeah. team. But you really liked it at minus three. But I'm still laying the wood still. Uh, the seven, obviously, I don't like it as much. The bigger question in here is do I use them in Survivor? Um, obviously, people would pay up in DFS for this defense. Yeah, I'm laying the wood here, but uh, I'm so tempted. We'll talk about Survivor next. But, yeah, would you consider you want to use them maybe possibly as one of the five? Yeah, I'd use Bengals and Ravens. I, they're t- yeah. I wrote down five, and those are two of them. So Okay, I'm totally down with that. Okay, okay. done and done. Giants minus three. I mean, sorry, Jaguars minus three at Giants. Obviously, you're taking the Giants. Um, I took the Jags, but I don't <laughs> Obviously. I don't, I don't love it. Well, I know that you like them. I know it's not just a homer no, pick. No, I think, um, I think uh, Shermer is going to make a world of difference. Now, this is a, a real tall order for week one. Like, okay, you get the Jaguars defense. but They're really, really good. I'm just a real big believer in Jacksonville. But it's kind of a sucker laying the three on the road. So I, I wouldn't touch this really personally. But I, I did well, on stat picks. I picked Jacksonville. I took the Giants. I mean, I, the J- Jaguars could smother them. But I think Shermer is going to call a lot of short passes and runs. And it's going to... It's not going to play into the Jaguar strengths. And I they think got Beck- ran on last year. Jags got ran on. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. All right. Although it was like somebody got like two 90-yard carries on them. I can't remember who it was. No, they're having awesome defense. Don't get me wrong. They could yeah. dominate. Okay, that's why I picked Jacksonville. Like, yeah. I- Buccaneers plus nine and a half at Saints. I took the Saints, man. I, I made this like 11 and a half, and I predicted the line would be like 10 and a half or something. And it's still like nine and a half. I mean, the Saints might be the best team in the NFL. They might be number one. They, they can run. They can play defense. They have an offensive line that's great. And, of course, they have Breeze. And they get the Bucks with Ryan Fitzpatrick on the road. It just seems like this – and Dirk Cutter's an idiot. I don't know. I just feel like the, the Saints are just going to crush. 
I remember like two, three years ago, week two, Tampa Bay went into New Orleans and knocked me out of a of a different survivor pool. But uh, this before they had the defense, though, it's a different. This is a different team. Know, totally different. Totally different. That was uh, yeah, two years ago, I think. Now, wouldn't this line be the same if it was Winston? I feel like it would be very, yeah, very. I, I think it would. I, I think. I think the market is a little asleep on Winston's growth. So the only question is if you want to use this, because I, I, I agree. Uh, Saints. I, I, yeah, this is one of my five. The Saints it are is, one of my five. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, I'll do a maybe on that one. Okay. Okay. And then right. Texans plus six and a half at Patriots. Who do you have in this one? The um, Oh, oh I, I like the – that's a lot of points, man. I mean, the, the New England's lacking a, a lot of firepower. It's not the full seven, and I, you always feel like a sucker betting against the Patriots, and teams like that are usually prepared right away, although last year, that tell that to our survivor picks. But it's a lot of points for a Houston team that could be really good. I know it's the highest over-under, so the points matter a slightly less. But um, I like the Texans, and that one kind of came kind, – kind of came. it's one of the quicker ones going against New England, I'll say that. Yeah, I originally thought I might take the Patriots, and then I changed my mind. And the reason I changed my mind is the Texans had them beat last year. Bill O'Brien fucking punted for no reason and, and coughed up the game, just gifted it back to the Patriots for no reason. It was like a fourth and short and plus territory to give Brady another shot and got beat by some crazy plays. So they almost beat him outright, and that was, I think, in New England. The other thing is the Patriots always struggle early. You know, they lost to the Chiefs. I think they were 2-2 two and two at some point last year. There was that year they got blown out by the Chiefs, and you know, people thought Brady was done. They tend to struggle early, and then they figure it out. Their defense is always a work in progress. Belichick figures that out. So if you're going to get the Patriots, if you're going to beat them, you're usually going to beat them early. And yeah, another survivor carnage early. Uh, they were at home against like the Cardinals. It was their only home loss of the right. year. That was like week two also. Remember, Gostowski missed a field goal right. after an easy onsider and then a no uh, holding call. That was like a wild finish. So, yeah, maybe that is something to that. You'd think the franchise is the most stable, but maybe it just takes co- – why they're so stable is because of all it's the because adjustments. because they're so – they just make such smart adjustments as the season goes on. So I, I will take the points there too. Okay. Okay. Texan Titans minus one and a half of the Dolphins. It's so funny. This is a, a unanimous pick in the staff picks, the Dolphins. And I, this is like so ridiculous. I just thought, eh, you know, road favorite. I mean, the Titans might be good, but who knows if that coaching staff is good. And the Dolphins probably suck, but it is just like an uncertainty thing. These teams are too near the middle of the pack for me to be like presuming we know them. And so I just like, I'll take, I'll take some small points at home. So I took the Dolphins. Yeah, and it's such a staff picks thing to do because we're trying to be contrarian. Because doesn't Tennessee feels like a public team? I mean, people are – they're the team that went to the playoff – won a playoff game last year. But I've been going to fade them this year even despite the coaching uh, – ostensibly the coaching upgrades. But, yeah, I like the Dolphins at home. And I, I would even use them. But you're probably right. It's too weird, right? Why, why even have an opinion on this game? Right, probably, exactly. I have no opinion. But I just was like, because I have no opinion, I'll take the home dog is basically how I felt. Chiefs plus three and a half at Chargers – you and I are the only ones to take the Chiefs and the staff picks, and I want to use this game. What do you think about it? Yeah, so that could be kind of key if we get, watch the Super Contest lines to make sure it's three and a half. But uh, sure, I'm on board. It's the Chargers. What, they're going to they're gonna cover? Suddenly they're going to be a team that <laughs> no, expectations. No one, and, I mean, what? No one's ever gone broke fading the Chargers. L- listen, the, there is, you know, the, there's something to the fact that they are the most underperforming sabermetric team. They always underperform their metrics. They've got a home field that's not a home field. Their fans don't even root for them. So that's a huge disadvantage. That three and a half is really like, it's almost like on a neutral field. And then Andy Reid, whenever he has prep time, always has a really good game plan against whatever the opponent is. So I just think this is a a really good line. I think it's driven by the underlying metrics. You know, you have the Sharps and you have Vegas using these metrics. And the public probably doesn't care about them. But I think there's a lot of money coming on the... Net YPA chargers marks and, yeah. and stuff like who that. Don't and, have a home, who don't have a home field, by the way. Advantage. Yeah, as I said, it's, it's like a neutral field. And there's and Chiefs are getting more than three. At least my line was more than three. We'll see what that. You're right. We'll see what the Super Contest said. But that would be my okay. my fourth one. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes' first start, you never know. But yeah, a lot of firepower. Who knows? I mean, it's the Chargers. As you said, just faded out of principle. But you're right. There's probably some built-in people. And they're banged up on defense. So, so yeah. Okay, we'll look at that line for sure. I'll mark it down. All right. Seahawks plus three at Broncos. What's your thoughts on this? Oh, I made it my best bet of the week because it was two and a half all week, but then I saw that you went with three, so that'll be key for the Super Contest as well, although I'm still fine with it. Seattle was always vulnerable on the road, even when they were a really good team that would go deep into the playoffs. Now they're a decimated team, especially on defense, uh, well, even on offense, and traveling to a tough environment in Denver, who's a pretty good team. I like their defense and whatever your thoughts on Keenum. I think he has a couple good weapons, and Freeman might go, Royce Freeman might be unleashed, so... I love this. I really like Denver uh, 
big time across the board. I, I, I would push to use this in super. If you can, I took the Broncos, but this is really 50, 50. I mean, they got Earl Thomas back, which is huge to see. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I remember the Steelers, these defenses, the Steelers had in uh, the early two thousands. And if Palomalu was out, cause he was getting concussed, they would all of a sudden be like terrible. And then when he'd come back, they'd be like the number one defense. It was just such a huge factor to have one of these safeties that like, covered the entire field, just got yeah. to the ball, was just so quick to react when the ball was in the air. And I think Earl Thomas is one of those like top five all-time safeties, like Palomalu, Ed Reed, Ronnie Lott. You know, there's just like a handful of guys that are like the greats, and I think they make a big difference. And then also their linebackers are good, and they have Russell Wilson. So I, I think the Seahawks, they're, gonna be, they're not the dynasty anymore. I mean, I think they're a seven, eight-win team, whatever they are, but... You know, the Broncos, I think Keenum is, could easily go back to being garbage. I think Shermer, you know what Shermer's done? Not only Nick Foles that year, 27 to 2, touchdown to interception ratio, arguably the most efficient, one of the most efficient quarterback seasons of all time. He was the guy who was coaching the Browns when Trent Richardson got like oh. 1,350 yards He's from scrimmage and, yeah. and 10 touchdowns. I mean, this guy's a, a wizard. I mean, Saquon Barkley's going to get 30 touchdowns minimum. I mean, this is, the guy's a fucking wizard. And now Keenum, who is just totally terrible, goes back to the wilderness in the, with the Broncos. And I don't know, man. I, if you really want it, yeah. you, you got to step I mean, up for Chris, it. Chris Harris is like the best slot cover corner and like Doug Baldwin's banged up. I just, uh, Seattle has no one else there. Russell uh, Wilson's I a wizard, know. though. He's a wizard, man. Uh, what? Russell Wilson's a wizard, man. Oh, he gets it done. Yeah. He'll find okay, like so say- Jerron Brown for an 80-yard touchdown, dude. Yeah, no, I know. I know. He'll make a long play. So let's say let's look at that one. If it's under three, and we'll look at the charges. We'll just compare really that one. Want, okay, you can have one. We've got the other four or mine mostly. Oh, there's the other one I like, though. This yeah. would be my Oh, favorite. I like the next one, too, if it's under three. Go ahead. Yeah, Go Cowboys ahead. plus three at Panthers. It was two and a half, and then I switched it because I switched some others to my favorites. So I have to be consistent. I can't just sw- like write up the numbers one day, write the column the next day, and only switch the ones that move. You know, I, I'm, I'm fair about it. Um, the Panthers, I mean, why is this three? The Panthers were better last year. Yeah, they've got some offensive line injuries, but so does Dallas. And in the offseason, the Panthers loaded up. You know, they, 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 got, they got rid of Jonathan Stewart. They got a better running back. They drafted a receiver in the first round. They, they get um, Curtis Samuel back, although he's probably out. He had like some surgery, so he's missing. They missed Greg Olson for most of last year. He's back. Yeah, they lost that guard Norwell to the to the Jags, right. but uh, no, they're they're way better. I totally agree with you. No, it's a, it's not even a, a question. I'm totally down to use this one. I'd love it if it's under three right now. Vegas Insider shows uh, half the places that. So yeah, right. Dallas is going to be garbage. They're yeah, off. No, totally. Yeah, and they're totally. so badly coached. I mean, the Panthers aren't well coached, but Dallas is terrible. Outdoors, no, get them outdoors for sure. Yeah, let's use them. Yeah. We're, oh, you want to use that? Okay. Well, now we got six. Okay. I, well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm marking the Chiefs uh, and my Broncos and these that are all around three points. But, okay, so right, well, we're going to see where the lines are, right? Okay, Redskins pick them at Cardinals. You and I, we both chose the Cardinals. I just, it was just like the Dolphins. It's like just yeah. It's like I, I don't give a shit exactly about Yeah, it's like okay, well, these are mid-level teams somewhere in the six to eight win team range, and I don't know enough about why one would be better than the other to be saying it's a pick 'em on the road. Totally agree. It's exactly like the Dolphins, and I just got to go with the home team there. Just fired up to watch David Johnson go go crazy in the late game there for if you saved him in DFS because could be could uh, could be a monster man. The people that took Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson, like myself, this is gonna it could be quite a frustrating opening weekend. Yeah, well, imagine the Stopa League. I didn't even take him over anybody. I just said forty nine because I figured I moved the bidding up, and I was like, sweet, I'll take him at forty nine. Bears plus seven and a half at Packers. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, my first instinct a month ago when I looked at week one for Survivor uh, was to take the Packers, and things have obviously changed a little since then. I mean, are you buying into this defense being that scary right away? Because um, I'm still considering Green Bay with Survivor, therefore I'm leaning toward laying the wood here, but I don't feel strongly about it. Who'd, who'd you go with? I was going to take the Bears and the points, but I looked at what Rodgers does at home and how he owns the Bears, and I just thought, you know what? Trubisky has upside. The whole team has upside. Matt Nagy, this could be great, but it might be like week five before they figure it all out. There's Allen Robinson's new. Trey Burton is new. You know, the QB's only in his second year. The coach is new. Yeah. I mean, is, new. You know, I, I don't know. The Packers have Rodgers. I just think, I don't know. I took the Packers. Raquan Smith, whatever, he was like late to sign, right? I mean, it's like everyone's late there, so... Um, yeah, I, I ranked Jamal Williams like 13th in my running back weekly rankings, and I got a couple uh, tweets asking about that because I guess all the other Yahoo people people ranked him like mid-20s 
But to me, isn't he like the feature back? There's a, the concern at one point with him was like Aaron Jones, but he's obviously suspended now, and he's the feature back and an eight-point favorite. It seems to me like Jamal Williams is a huge, is a great start this week. But anyway, so you you would not use Green Bay at Survivor, um, or well, I guess we'll talk to that later. But you're, you're concerned enough for them to be an upset there? Um, I mean, there certainly could be an upset. I, there, I have three teams I'm. I would consider using for Survivor, and they're one of them. But they're not my top choice. But you took the point. I forgot who you ended up saying. You, did you go back to the points because of, because of Rodgers? No, no. I, I laid the points. I, I took the Packers. I, I just think Rodgers at home. Gotcha. Okay. And he's just owned the Bears. And I, I think the Bears' defense will be better. But Yeah, I like those corners they drafted. We'll see. But we have that bet, man. I picked him. Because of our bet, it partially led me to just – I picked him to, to win the Super Bowl in my uh, my, my column that I – Just go the all in. The not even making the playoffs. So whatever. I went all in. So. All right, uh, Jets that? plus six and a half at Lions. I, you know, this is close. I, I made this line seven. I thought it's on the road. The Jets, Darnold could be good. I think the Jets are kind of a sleeper in the AFC, not to like win it, but like to make the, a wild card. But that means Darnold would have to be good. And there's a chance that he's just not really ready going on the road in his first game. And the Lions are going to score points. So I laid the wood. Yeah, I took the points, but I feel like it's kind of a sucker side. But Detroit just does not put the hammer down, man. They just don't really blow out teams, I feel like. So I could see them dominating that game and just winning by four. But I don't feel great about that one. That's a stay away for me, even yeah. though it's a Monday night game. So I'm sure I'll, I'll probably, use that in teaser. probably use that in a teaser in the Lions. But anyway, what's the, what's the final one? And the final one's Rams minus four at the Raiders. And, I mean, maybe it's the sucker side, but, the, the, you know, get, letting Matt go felt like kind of giving up. It's a big line. Four doesn't sound big. That would be 10 in, in Los Angeles, basically. And it's not a long trip for them. It's just down the coast. It's Rufus Peabody, professional better, who I interviewed. And he was out in Lisbon. He was showing me he has, like, different formulas for, depending on distance for home field. So if, if, you, if it's the Rams playing at the Chargers or the Chargers going to the Rams, that's, like, almost nothing. Whereas if you're going from Seattle to Miami, that's, like, a big – you know, that's a big adjustment for these teams. It might be weird to play at a 7.20 p.m. start time for East Coast teams. That'd be 10.20, not the case for, for them, L.A., right. you know? Exactly. So they're both, you know, it's an easy trip. But even so, the Rams are loaded. The Raiders just got rid of their best defensive player. I mean, I think Gruden's going to be fine. We've talked about that, but I laid the wood. I did, too. Totally sucker side, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I, even as much as I've said this, Rams, I do think they have a tougher schedule and they're going to have some regression, but... They really are loaded, and man, they're going to crush that defense. I mean, Sean McVay should be able to take that defense. Yeah, I, I know the defense could just be a total disaster. I, mean, and I actually they, like Carr and Cooper and DFS because I know that the Rams have better corners now, but Cooper will play in the behind, slot a little bit. Yeah, playing from behind. Oh, they're going to have to. Th- I mean, they're going to have to just be like in a carnival every time because. Oh, I think it's, that's why I like Cooper. I think it's going to be a carnival, like yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So all right, so, so we, we got we got six, and we're going to whittle down to five, right? Yep, exactly. So, so for six, sure, angles. Bengals, Ravens. Ravens. Okay, and then we're going to three out of Saints. these Saints. Mm-hmm. Chiefs, and then we're going to check Broncos Chiefs. and Cowboys. So it's Chiefs, Broncos, Panthers. and Cowboys that we're going to choose. Between. Panthers. But yeah, Panthers. Panthers, right. right. Yeah. I don't like those Freudian slips. They make me nervous. Like some, right. I somehow know yeah. the truth that I'm saying it. The Cowboys game, game, but yes, yes. Cowboys game. We're taking the Panthers. All yeah, right, we'll so check it out. The, the lines come out Wednesday night. They'll be out in a couple hours. We'll check it out. We'll come up with it. But I don't want to mess around this year, man. I'm tired of messing no, around. No, 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 Nutless Monkey. And, you know, the thing is if we win the Super Contest, right. then obviously we say a Nutless Monkey could win the Super Contest. Yeah, that's perfect. That's, yeah, that's, the only, that's why it's such a good – Yeah. Um, that, that's why we're going to win it. We just have to win it, dude. I can just really use that money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get the keys to my uh, house tomorrow at 10 a.m. First, oh, first, first nice. home purchase. So, uh, so you'll be out of that, that prison cell with the window behind you, basically. That's right. Yeah, we'll see. I might have a new setup soon. Uh, yeah, next time. And yeah, so the uh, house needs a new roof. So uh, yeah, I, I could definitely use uh, use some uh, some winnings here. I could really use that money, man. You know, I need to get some more Bitcoin. I really do. You know, yeah. it's important. Bet you do. It took before, a hit. This I saw. I saw the news. It took a hit. Yeah. I, before it goes to a million of Bitcoin, I got to get like, you know, 30 of those things. So I, I, I could use this money. Right. Okay. Top survivor. Top survivor. Okay. So I have three teams that I'm seriously considering. Let me pull up the article, actually. The Saints, number one. The Ravens, number two. And the Packers, number three. Those are my, the only ones I'm really considering. And I went with the Saints. The Saints are 31.5% owned. The Ravens, 21.3. And the Packers, 14.6. And 31.5 is a, de- it's a decent chunk of your pool that falls off if the Saints were to lose. But it doesn't move the needle enough for me. If it were like 44 or something like that, 
I'd have to think about I'd probably get off the Saints and go to have the Ravens. Back check throughout the years and been how seen how close those are, the office pools polling. To to oh to my particular pools? Yeah. I mean, no. It would only work, it would only really be I think like I used to be in some really, really big pools, like thousands of people. Okay. I think those would be the ones to use. The okay. ones like us where there's twenty people. Yes. Not, I think that's pretty noisy. I mean, it's a good basis to start with, but I think in a smaller pool, especially if a lot of the guys are guys you grew up with, like in Bay Area, right. I think it's a little more... You too know. noisy. 20, 30 people would be too noisy. Yeah, that I makes mean, sense. not totally. Not over time. Maybe it, it wouldn't be. For the big pools, I should, I should look at it closely and like, that'd be something... Maybe I'll keep track of that. I'll keep yeah, track you of should. the actual numbers because yeah. the yeah. problem is that... Here's the problem. is I don't think they give you a percent number at off simple pools. I think they just... Do they? Maybe they do. The other thing is people switch them. I guess you got to right. look at it after lock. So I think afterward, yeah, like after Yahoo, lock. the one we're in, the Yahoo pool will show how many have been picked. The percentages? Not just the pool, percentages? So the worldwide percentage of Yahoo. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, Yahoo's yeah. no good because there's a lot of free pools in there. You got to go with the pay. Like the office football pools are mostly pay ones. The pay, well, so there's no, yeah, I got what you're There's saying, no yeah. like, oh, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go with whatever, right? Like, right. Like there's money on the line. It's not perfect because right. people still do stupid shit, but people right. do stupid shit in your pool. So, I mean, it's... Um, and I'm sometimes one of them. I, I'm going Saints. I just want to take the best team with the best chance to win, in my opinion, that's not ridiculously owned. Second would be the Ravens. Third would be the Packers. I'm avoiding the Lions just yeah. because I just don't think their defense is that good. I'm avoiding the Vikings because I think the Niners are too dangerous. Garoppolo, if it's a close game, could pull a crazy drive. I'm avoiding the, the Steelers for the reasons you said. Not great on the road. The Browns are better than they used to be. I'm avoiding the Pats because they should have lost to the Texans last year and their defense isn't good and they strike them when they do lose, it's usually early. And I'm avoiding the Rams because I just don't think that uh, a Monday night road game, Gruden, the first, I don't know, it just seems a little, just yeah. not a great spot to use them. Yeah, I totally agree with between, it's, it's between those three teams and uh, man, to me it has nothing to do with like, oh, I want to use the Ravens now because I wouldn't use yeah, them. Yeah, that's a dump. Don't ever do that. And even looking at the percentage of teams used, uh, I'm not even – It's to me, it's, I don't know which of those three is the most likely to win, and that's going to be my deciding factor. So I haven't decided yet. It's tough. The Ravens, man, it just seems so kind of too easy, right? Don't they just, shouldn't they just, how are they going to score more than three points? You know, But it doesn't well, always work that way. Yeah, the, the downside for the Ravens is their offense was bad. Right. And if the Bills' defense is, is pretty good, and it might be, they've got good corners, they could kind of keep it close. And if the game is 13-9 – Right. You don't like that in the fourth quarter. Who knows? And Peterman probably sucks. He threw like four picks and a half when he played last, but right, I think five and one half. Yeah, something crazy. But so did Roethlisberger that one game against the Jaguars. So it's just kind of a wild card. But yeah, they're my number two. And then the Packers. It's just that the Bears are a decent team. That's the only reason I'm not like why the Packers aren't a slam dunk. For sure. Yeah. And do you ever, do you factor it at all? Like it's a Sunday night game. Just like a prime time. Does that matter more to you at all? I usually don't. Maybe with division rivals, but now the Packers and Bears have played so many times, and, and the Packers at Lambeau, it just seems like if Rodgers is healthy, they just own them. Yeah, no, the answer's probably you shouldn't. All right, man, obviously i got to ask you, uh, uh, Kaepernick, Nike, any thoughts? I'm pro-protest, right? I, I think people should be able to protest, and the, the minute that the NFL try to co-opt symbols, the anthem, the military flowers or whatever, then it kind of opened the door to people if they didn't believe in something happening, protesting. And I always thought the protest was about what he said it was about, which was police brutality against black people, not against, not about the military, but during the, the song, so people see it that way. So I'm pro-Kaepernick. But then when a for-profit company is starting to market that shit, that's just a little cheesy. I mean, I get it. Take the money, and maybe your message will get amplified. But now it's like, they're just, it, it, it's PR, man. Nike's using the Kaepernick protest as PR. Oh, see, we're pro this. I, I just I just can't respect a, like a corporation trying to get more sneaker sales off of this protest of people being murdered. To me, that's just like kind of. I, I, and then I, think about Trump saying, you know, they pay a lot of real estate, not really kind of not really going hard at at him. You can't take Trump seriously about this shit. He's just an opportunist. Like he doesn't, you know. To me, it's like he just whatever he thinks is going to play to the base. Or, and I kind of feel the same way about Nike. Like they're just they're they're co opting something and Kaepernick going along with it. I mean, he should have just been like, listen, why don't you just donate some money? You know, I don't know. I get it. He has no income now because he's 
Well, he had been signed with them for years, you know. I mean, it, yeah, it, I, I get, it. I get it. There's nothing wrong with sponsorship and whatever, but it's like, again, like I, I'm very suspicious of virtue signaling corporations. Oh, I'm Nike's just, for this. Oh, I like Nike. They're the good guys. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go buy some. I'll buy three pairs now because they're the good guys. Oh, I, I know. I just don't think corporations. I, I, it's a tough thing because corporations should, they can have an opinion on an issue, but I just, I'm just very wary of like. Oh, you know, they're the good guys now. Look how many sneakers we can sell because of this. It, I'm just cynical about corporations doing the right thing for the right reasons. Yeah, no, I got you. Now, everyone just has to draw a line in the sand. It's kind of a very frustrating. But I do want your opinion because you can't feel the same way, man, that, that people don't care about the, the anthem. Like, you, can, you really feel that way still? I, I really don't think people care. No, I don't, I don't think... <laughs> Let's say like just like what you're thinking about during the day, what you're worried about on a day-to-day basis. Like you just bought a house, you said, right? So that's like stressful. You know, it's paperwork. You're worried about the inspections. The house okay? Chloe and Mason going to like the house? Is it whatever the hell you worry about? You're probably worrying about like how you could fucking not possibly say 24 in that auction with Garoppolo. But that's what you should be worrying about. But the point is we all have different concerns that like weigh on us during the day, whether it's job-related or health-related or family relationship-related. Like, this thing is just fucking nothing. It is a nothing. And, and you can get people riled up over it, but, like, nobody gives a fuck. Not really. Not really. Well, obviously, I don't think it's, like, ultimately important or anything. And, like, I, I mean... Nobody I, does. I, I, I get what you're saying, but the fact... And I don't care at all. I mean, I don't get worked up over it other than people getting worked up. But, I mean, I'm sitting there and my 90-year-old Nana brought it up the other day. Bill Barnwell. Bill Barnwell did a tweet and he said something that when he would tell people the last 10 years that he writes about NFL for a profession, he would say 99% of people would talk about their favorite team and 1% of the people would bring up player safety. He says over the last two years, I I don't want to quote him, go look it up, but it's like 35% of the people now bring that up, Kaepernick, or a third of the people now bring it up when he says he writes about NFL per profession. And that's Bill Barnett. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, he, why they bring, he it not, up, they bring it up because it's topical. They're like, oh, what do you think about Kaepernick? People don't know about the NFL, know about this controversy, okay. right? If you're not like a, if you're not like, oh, well, what do you think of the uh, Chargers net YPA and why they don't make the playoffs, right? If you don't have that kind of chops or you're not like, oh, my favorite team's this. If you, if you don't, if you barely follow the NFL, you've probably heard about this. Just some shit they talk to him about. Oh, you do the NFL. What do you think of the Kaepernick thing? Okay. So you think that I just so, I just don't think human being I mean like think about it like this guy's literally kneeling on a field or standing up. He's he's not <laughs> harming anybody, he's not doing anything. He's I mean he actually is doing some things. He donated money and he's been like actually active like trying to help his so causes. Much, so much. But yeah. but so so you know I I could see someone being for that and caring about that, but I'm saying literally whether players and some other players knelt, some players held hands with the guys who were kneeling but they didn't kneel. Who gives a fuck? I mean you're a grown man and you care about that shit? Like which people are standing or kneeling during the song, during a game that, of, a, of a sport that has nothing to do with the national anthem? And the national anthem has nothing to do with the military. The national anthem has something to do with, I mean, if, if you want to say it represents the country, the country is about freedom. Thankfully, that if someone tried to invade us, we have a badass military and that's good for us. And but, the person who but, the, but the freedom is, is about the citizens. The freedom should be at least... The freedom is about the citizens being able to speak and do the things that they're free to do. That's what it's about. So not only is he just sitting or standing during a song during a game, but his sitting and standing wasn't had anything to do with the military. And even if it did have to do with the song per se rather than the protest that he explicitly said he was protesting, which is a legitimate thing to protest, which is a major problem in society, even if, it, even if it, the song doesn't have anything to do with the military. The military is not America. The military is one small aspect of America. The song is not the military. The NFL somehow has figured out a way to associate themselves with the military, and then the military and the military-industrial complex has made people think, oh, well, patriotism is the military. Sometimes patriotism was like, hey, man, I think we're too militaristic. I think we should stop getting into trouble. It's nothing's about the particular troops or anything. It's just this whole thing's been just distorted beyond recognition. And I think like the reality is nobody gives a fuck who's sitting or standing or kneeling. If you get riled up about it, you're getting really confused about what's going on. And well, I, I, there are some people that are confused, but I think that there's just more people who are opportunists. Like I said, like Nike's going to make money off this and make people who don't like Trump. And Trump's an opportunist who's actually you know, trying to you know, get his people riled up over this shit. And it's just fucking bullshit. And nobody gives a shit. And it's not a real thing. Yeah, so the person uh, in the military is the person who actually suggested that he kneel to right. begin but with. But that doesn't even just... matter. That, that is true. That happens to be true. 
but that guy has nothing to do with anything. And why the fuck is a person in the military more qualified to tell somebody what to do during a song that represents America where we were all born, right? Like we were born in America. So why do you have to be in the military to opine on what to do during the song? I, I, I mean, I'm not saying... I'm saying logically, what does it, the song have to do with the military? Why does the national anthem have anything to do with the military instead of having to do with like the DMV? Why aren't people at the DMV telling Kaepernick what to do during the song? Tell me why a DMV person isn't considered an authority of what to do during the song. They work for the government too of, the, of America. What, what is the issue? What about a, an IRS agent? Why shouldn't he be opining about the song? What about the song is the military? I, I don't understand why the, the song, the, the anthem that we sing, there, that is the American anthem, the United States of America anthem, is, is particularly military more than civilian, more than anything else. Can you answer that question for me? Absolutely not. Listen, so so I, why I, is this anything about the military? Why is, this, why is the military even relevant? Why, does the NFL have anything to do with the military it, besides that they try to associate themselves with it? Does the NFL and the players and the owners... What about, the mili- what about that sport has more to do with the military than figure skating has to do with the military? Okay, well, didn't Trump say, like, that's a winner from you're not going to win that one? I feel like he politicized it on purpose, and it's worked. Oh, he or did it on purpose, for sure. He did it on purpose, right. for sure. Okay, so, but it's worked. I guess we're, we're arguing two different things here, because I fully agree with what you're saying, your point. I just disagree with your premise and feel like more people are confused than you do. I think some people are confused, and I think it's not really about this at all. I think what it's about, two sides. One is, you know, you have a side that absolutely cannot stand Trump whatsoever. And then you have a side that could not stand the status quo and the Hillary Clintons and the last really 25 years of globalization and all this fake lying yeah, bullshit that was going on then. Just hate each other so much. And when one person takes one side, the other person takes another side, it seems like it's about the anthem or about Kaepernick or about whatever. But it's not about that. I bet you 90, I don't know about numbers, but I bet you most people, if they talk to Kaepernick, would be like, yeah, that's like a legitimate thing to protest. Oh, I see. But they don't even see that anymore because it's become something else. Anyway, yeah, I, I got, we probably got to cut this down a bit, but. That's all I got, Liz. No, that's interesting stuff, man. It's, I like the passion from you. I love it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, on that note, I'll cut it down a little bit. Keep some of it. Let's right. do this stuff. Fuck all this bullshit about politics, though. Who cares, man? Looks yeah, like no, a nutless, a nutless monkey can win the, the uh, super contest. That's the key takeaway. No, the key takeaway is us going 5-0 super contest week one. Nutless monkey can win the super contest. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, that's man. us. All right, man. Take it all easy. Right. Later, Liz. Later, man. Later. Good talk.